Hi, welcome or welcome back to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. Your host, Ray Dove with REMAX Eastside Brokers here in Seattle, Washington. So our topic today is forms, forms, forms. So many forms. Why? Why do we have so many forms? Well, I'm not going to dive into all the little things within each form, but there are many forms out there, both as a buyer and as a seller that you need to be aware of. There's all kinds of disclosure forms. There's forms to at least let the other party know what you're making the offer subject to, how somebody wants to respond to that. So in our MLS, which is the Northwest MLS, some of the forms that we deal with as a realtor trying to represent our buyers and sellers are the following. We have Law of Real Estate Agency pamphlet, which is a required document that needs to be read and initialed by both buyer and or sellers. My suggestion to you when you're interviewing a real estate agent is what I do with my clients is I'll make them copies of the forms that we're going to be using, have them review them and highlight things that they don't either understand or they have more questions about so that when it's time to put their house on the market or it's time to make an offer on a property they are comfortable with those forms they understand what some of those forms are and why they're very important and relevant to the overall buying and selling process now please don't misunderstand selling a home and buying a home it's very exciting it's exciting times you're you're selling your home and moving on to your new home you're buying a home it might be your first home you're excited but we have to take care of the business of making those two transactions happen so in order to do that sadly we need lots of forms Another form we have, if the home is built before 1978, we have lead paint disclosures. What do those mean to you? Now, more than any time before, we have to worry about wire fraud, making sure that everyone knows who is working within the transaction so that someone doesn't erroneously send somebody that isn't party to the transaction, either their private information or wire the money and it's wired to the wrong person so we have a disclosure form for that we have our listing contract we have a buyer contract we have all the documents within those those particular documents probably the most important two documents that people tend to see on a regular basis would be the seller's property disclosure form which we refer to as form 17 and the seller needs to complete that to tell us what do they know about their home since they've owned it. Any material defects, they should disclose those items. Now, keeping in mind that most sellers don't get on the roofs and they don't get in their attics or they don't get in their crawl spaces, so they're just stating to the best of our knowledge, this is what we know about the property. The buyer, through the building inspection addendum, which would be part of their purchase contract, at least it should be, and I highly recommend it. But there have been times in our market where people have actually waived that inspection. But during that inspection process, as you might find other things within the home that need to be addressed that the seller had no idea that there was a condition there. So the other forms that we're dealing with mostly is the an appraisal addendum. Maybe a buyer wants to make the offer subject to the home being appraised. If you're getting financing from any lender or mortgage banker or broker, 
they're always going to want to appraise the property to make sure that the asset they're going to loan money against is at the value that the buyer's trying to obtain for the loan that they're trying to obtain. There could be a notice of low appraisal addendum, financing addendum that says, hey, this offer, our buyer's offer is contingent upon them getting formally approved for financing. That means they're approved for credit, income, assets, debt. And then in that financing contingency is also the lender's approval of the property. Is the title to the property clear, meaning that there's no defects, mechanics liens, easements that the lender needs to be aware about. And they want to know that the asset is worth what the buyer was willing to pay for it. Now, that was a little bit of a challenge a couple of years ago because we found people escalating the prices in which to outbid people for the home. So the home might appraise for 500000 but someone bought it for five fifty. What do you do in that case? That's a real good discussion point to have with your agent, your realtor, to help you through that process. So what do you do? What does it mean if you pay X amount of dollars and it's higher than what the bank is willing to appraise the property for. We have a document called the Optional Clause Addendum. And it kind of just touches upon different things with regards to boundaries, encroachments. Uh, it uh, can also uh, have uh, discussion points about utilities, what's included, what's not. We have the Home Inspection Addendum. It says, hey, you've been informed that you should have a building inspection. We have a building inspection addendum. Hey, this offer is subject to you performing, the buyer performing a building inspection within a specified period of time and then notifying the seller of what you found within that inspection report that you'd like to have the seller to either repair or replace. Now, right there on the inspection part of it, you really need consultation from your realtor to explain what that notice is supposed to look like, what it's supposed to include with regards to what the seller may want to see or may not want to see. Suppose you want to buy someone's home contingent upon the sale of your house. Well, yes, we have a form for that too. <laughs> You're buying the home contingent upon that activity happening. What does that document mean? And what happens if you get an offer on your home, but it too is contingent upon the sale of your house? We have well addendums. If you're buying a piece of property that has a well as opposed to public water, is it a private well? Is it a community well? Is it a shared well within a city? We have a septic addendum. So, and that's to confirm that if you are in a septic system, is your drain filled on the, on the site of your home? Or is it a shared drain filled? A community drain filled? What is it? That, that helps define that. We have a title contingency addendum. That's the one to make sure that there's nothing on title that the seller's asking you to assume is, is a condition that you can't live with as a buyer. It may or may not include what we call CCNRs, in which we've addressed in another earlier podcast, and that's conditions, covenants, and restrictions to the property you should be aware of. Maybe there's a private road that uh, everyone missed that one needs to be aware of. If there is... Is there a road maintenance agreement? Or is it a public road? Those type of things will show up on the title report. You might even find out that the, that the property being sold by the seller is actually 
a couple getting a divorce but only one party is trying to sell the property but we're going to need both parties in which to sign the contract for the property to be sold. That'll show up in a title report. Good discussion points there. If you're through the process of escrow and you need more time to close because there are some hiccups in the process of the transaction, then yes, we have a modification of closing it in. We have an earnest money promissory note. What that is, is if you decide to put your earnest money in the form of a note to be converted to cash at either mutual acceptance or some later date, we would use that addendum. We have just a basic general addendum where we put in other conditions to a sale that you may want to be included. Maybe you want the patio furniture included. Maybe you want the lawnmower included. Those type of things would show up on that general addendum. A feasibility contingency. If you're, typically that happens when you're buying a piece of property and you need a period of time to assess the property to see if it's really going to meet your needs. You can also use that addendum when you're buying a house uh, to have a short feasibility to determine that if, if I buy this home, I fix it up, what's it going to be worth after I fix it up? We have pre-inspection agreements. Now that was more popular a couple years ago when we had multiple offers in every house that went on the market to where instead of you buying the home contingent upon a building inspection, you would do a pre-inspection, pay for that pre-inspection, get the seller's permission that it'd be okay to do a pre-inspection, and then you could kind of get a rough idea of the major items in the house, like electrical, plumbing, roofing, structural, those things regarding a home that you could say, okay, I feel comfortable enough to go ahead and make an offer, not subject to a building inspection because I've done a pre-inspection. We have a counter-offer addendum. That's where with both parties going back and forth on price and terms, we use that form to, to make the offer paperwork a little bit more clear to read once we come to a mutual agreement, if we do. We have agency disclosure document. We have move-in, move-out addendums. We have a multitude of forms and addendums that are in the whole buying and selling process. At the end of the day, I'm not asking my clients to know all these forms. And there's new forms coming on all the time that we as real estate agents need to be updated on, educated on, as how we're supposed to best handle those forms, how we're supposed to share those forms, what they mean to you. Now, as a real estate agent, I'm not a practicing attorney, so I can't give you legal advice. And any real estate agent that does give you legal or tax advice, they're outside of their scope of what they're licensed for. Unless, of course, they are a licensed CPA or a licensed lawyer within our state, then they certainly can. For me, if it's a real legal question or issue, then I'm going to advise you to go seek legal counsel. For the most part, all these forms are pre-printed, they're in place, the attorneys for our local MLS have gone over the forms, they've written them the way that they're supposed to be written and for us to use because if we start drafting up these forms, then we, we take on the role of being an attorney and I'm not. So it's real easy to use these forms, but nonetheless, be an educated buyer, be an educated seller. Take the time to ask your potential realtor or your existing realtor 
to please explain what does this mean? What does this form mean to me? What are the ramifications if I fill out this form or I don't fill out this form? So that you're better prepared when you put your home on the market or better prepared when an offer comes in on your home or you're out looking at homes, excited about trying to buy something so that you don't have to spend 10 hours reading documents when you could have addressed those and discussed them before you made your offer. I know I kind of glossed over all this stuff really quickly, and, but there's so many forms to go through that, and each set of forms is specific to whatever unique piece of property you're trying to buy, whether it's a house, a condo, vacant land, a timeshare. My best advice, reach out to whoever you're working with, sit down, be prepared up front, get to know these forms, Get the understanding of how, how they will be involved in your purchase to sell your property. And of course, hey, you're always welcome to call me. I'm at 425-681-8630. Or you're welcome to email me, raydoveremax at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer whatever questions you have, whether you're working with a fellow real estate agent or you're not or you're just kind of intrigued about what the offering is here and you're not looking to buy or sell a house anytime in the near future, I'm still a phone call or email away. So with that, I hopefully I addressed a little bit or gave you a little bit of a glimpse into the crazy world of forms, forms, forms. There's so many forms. The list seems to be endless at times. So hey, for next week, I'm not really sure exactly uh, what I thought uh, would be a talking point, but as I'm looking through my options for all those that are listening and the new people that hopefully will come to listen, I thought maybe what we'll do is we'll talk about house hunting. What does that look like? What are the steps in the process of going out and looking for homes? I call it the process of elimination. So we'll learn more about that next week. For this week, thank you for your time. Have a great week. Tell your friends and family that, hey, there's some crazy real estate agent giving out free advice on a podcast. We're on 10-plus podcast channels. I'm excited to bring this to you and kind of give you a look behind the scenes, maybe answer some of your questions about what goes on with a real estate agent and what do they need to know to help you buy or sell real estate. Once again, Ray Dove, Remax Real Estate. Real estate, keeping it simple.